This week on the Push Ball Lace podcast, we talk about reflecting on your own practice, whether that be as a coach, trainer, or client. Three, two, one, nut butter on meat, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dammy. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bud? It's delicious, mate. Nut butter on meat. It's amazing. It's amazing, yeah. So I think yeah. Dan just did a post about this or did something I about did. it. I did, yeah. Well, I, was, I had it tonight. I had chicken sausages and I thought, you know what? I need some more calories in this meal. I'm just going to slap some pip and nuts on top. Um, fashionable, very, very kind of like oh, fashionable uh, pippin. It's nut. also because it's a bit runny, so it actually <laughs> works um, a lot better than other peanut butters. Get some skippy, mate. Oh yeah, but no, I don't like the skippy. Don't like it. But um, so I put it on uh, my Instagram stories and put it to the vote. And um, luckily, over seventy percent of people agree that it's genius. So therefore, it's it's genius. I I don't think I voted, but. It's genius. You usually always vote whatever I don't. Want. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, of course I would. But it is genius because those people who are in the 30%, like, does that mean you don't like satay? Like, it's just a satay. Yeah, like, but like, even with, satay, with beef, it's even beef better. Beef is even good. It's even better. Like, and we talked about before with Tony Gentle Core, you know, the peanut butter on a burger. Like, it works. Yeah, like, it, it works. I've it had works. it. Like, it works. Um, I don't know some people don't think it works either because it's, it's savoury so it's like well it's, there's no reason for it not to work but even if it was sweet it would still work but um, but yeah so that's what I did this evening I put some <laughs> peanut butter on my chicken sausages and it was nice I've heard a lot about chicken sausages over the last week and a half I swear they've been making a big hit for no, people I mean, who are just like oh you're getting bored I'm... of chicken chicken and rice chicken and rice have chicken and sausages I'm like that's not that's not wild I'm like <laughs> no, it's, to be fair to them they are they are a bit tastier but I just had them since dieting ages ago and I've just not really stopped having them because they're so easy to chuck in the acti fry and you don't really have to uh, you know worry about um, about you know different sizes when you're cooking chicken and that you just throw them in the acti fry they cook pretty evenly they retain a bit of the moisture because obviously it's a sausage so it kind of retains a bit of the the juice What's the, the what's, fat. Am I being completely ridiculous? What's an acti-fry? An acti-fry is like, um, it's like a, I suppose it's like a small, like, I don't know, like a little, I suppose it's like a small little oven, but it's kind of like one of those ones where you use a tiny bit of oil and it makes everything crispy. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, you yeah, know, like yeah, the yeah. chips and stuff. Sorry, but you can put every, you can put anything in it, basically. I just use it a lot more now than my actual oven. Sorry, Dad. It's good. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it was good. It was good, mate. Lovely. I think we've got some... We're going to rattle through today, I feel. Dan has pitched a wonderful idea. Apparently, he's been thinking about it all week and can't wait to share all his well, thoughts. Well, that's not quite what I said. <laughs> you think you've lied there, Tom, already. <laughs> I think so. Um, but, but yeah. We, we, well, it's just something I was thinking about. Um, along with realising I need a holiday, as, I, as I've not taken a holiday all year. should probably do that at some point. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. At some point, people do get burnt out. Even Dan... I mean, I was burnt. I think I was burnt out three months ago, mate. I'm fucking nearly dead. I reckon. Jesus you're fine. Christ. Uh, so, yeah. But you're you're back reunited with Mike. You haven't seen him in about a week, so yeah. And I just realised as well that I have totally forgot to tell you that I am not here next week. I'm in Paris and I leave for Paris on Saturday. And I've oh, just wow. realised. Wow. Have you done it live on air? Live on air. That we need to record a second podcast Jesus. before Saturday. Uh, and then the week after, I'm actually away Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in Geneva as well. So we need to record a podcast. Woo! Um, 
just realised wow. that's really random that I've just decided to tell you that live. On well, the basically live on the air. If anybody wants to guest a show with me, um, yeah. <laughs> you I can. Know. Or maybe I need to s- send my birds into the fitness world and go grab some people. I'm sure there's a few people that happily oblige. But I'm sorry, man. Well, hashtag hashtag slept PT and I. <laughs> oh, so it's yeah. Uh, yeah. I only found that the other day. I forgot to tell you. Uh, sorry, mate. Wonderful. Just realised. That's, that's all right, mate. Uh, as long as I know now, at least I've got a yeah. week, week now. So you're not like, oh, by the way, Tom, I'm not here. Um, but yeah. All right, we're gonna, we got a, the topics of. So we're going to look at like a nutrition angle, a training angle, a kind of general pop angle, and an athlete angle, I guess. or And a coach angle. Bloody me. So so many angles. We're going to just fill people with knowledge. All right, Dan. Yeah, good. Thanks. Um, so you... You you said reflecting on your own practice, and I said common fuck ups, basically interchangeable. Yeah, I just think yeah. it's important that. Yeah, I just think yeah, I think it's important that you're always reflecting on your own practice, and you're always making sure that you are. I this is gonna sound really fucking mindsety and shit, but like becoming a better coach, but also a better human, and also like understanding things from a different perspectives and all this sort of stuff, and 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 like. I posted the other day on Instagram, I was talking about like people, everyone's got their opinion and like you don't have to listen to it. Um, you just have to, I suppose, understand their opinion. And it's like you can understand someone's opinion, but without agreeing with it, you can understand someone's opinion without, you know, kind of changing your own opinions, all that sort of stuff. Um, I just think it's important that you reflect on your own practice and, and making sure that, you know, you are not just, um, I suppose, going through the motions, but also you're not letting your own bias, I suppose, influence the decisions you make for clients and things like that um it just comes from something that you see a lot of with you know coaches um more so a training i suppose in nutrition really but like you know they're doing certain exercises in the gym and all of a sudden all their clients are doing it and it's a bit like is that really the best thing to be doing um and i think you just have to yeah constantly make sure you're reflecting on your decisions you make and take a step back sometimes and go actually am i doing the right thing by my client uh, and i think we also do it with other people quite often we see people doing exercise in the gym but like what the fuck are they doing they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're talking about and it's like well actually they might be doing it for a reason you don't know you know they might be injured they might have limited range of motion in certain joints you just don't know someone's circumstances and i think it's important to to make sure that you're aware that actually someone could be doing a certain exercise for a very specific reason and it just may not be an obvious one um yeah and i'm just kind of waffled on really about that but uh yeah that's kind of where it came from i suppose yeah i guess so and with the rise of social media it's even easier to see when i don't know there's certain stuff that people post and you're like what the hell are they doing obviously there's some mad balls out there that they'll they'll be on like common gym mistakes and that kind of stuff it's mainly mainly crossfit on that but but yeah you will kind of raise a question mark on it but as you say, we don't know the circumstance. We don't know how to look. We should probably have a step back and be like, is there other different avenues? It's again like looking at research papers and be like, all right, well, I need to look at the methodology. I need to know exactly what they're trying to find out, what I think there's probably going to happen. Um, is there a possibility of this, 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 this? And if you're able to confront that person about it and they don't know, that's when we start to have questions. Um, yeah. It's a position that I have. Wonderful. I get to ask somebody about their programming a lot. And I'm like, why is this here? And they're like... Then, cool. I would dis, and then I'd be like, "All right, I disagree. Let's see the other point of view. I'm right, you're wrong. That kind of thing." <laughs> yeah, like genuinely, like I'm not saying this is the thing. Is like I'm not saying that like you have to 
be one of those people that's like, oh, okay, sorry, yeah, you're right, I'm wrong. <laughs> no, 100%, I you, want somebody you, to... You know, like, you're, you could be right, like, you could be right, and like, it's just more about listening to someone's opinion or looking at someone's opinion or point of view and just going, okay, that's fine. And just, but, like, you don't have to be a dick about it and be argumentative, but just kind of understand that's fine. And, like, we've had guests on before, and, and we talked about this, and we talked about everyone's own personal journey and personal preference, like... One that springs to mind is A.J. Morris. It's just like, you know, clearly has a very differing opinion and view and ethic on training. But that's fine. Like, it's like that's his way of doing it and this is our way of doing it. And it's like that's not that either incorrect. It's just making sure that you are being true to what you believe and what your opinions are. But likewise, I'm sure if, you know, if I was to train, you know, a, a natural bodybuilder who's trying to be a world champion, I would program for them and do things for them very, very differently to how I would do them. I wouldn't be there going... Oh, it doesn't matter if you kind of go every calories, the, you know, the odd day. It's fine, <laughs> like, or like, don't worry if you didn't take that or do that. It's like, no, you need to be on the ball, and like, you need to be tracking your volume and all this sort of stuff, right? A bit more in depth. Um, and obviously, there's an element to it where you're going to attract what you put out, like, so you're going to get people who are after what you're putting out, and that makes sense as well. But I think often with with PTs, I think a lot of trainers in in commercial gyms, especially, or, or, or you know, people that are in the nutrition world, like, I think you do get a vast majority of clients you do get kind of your vast majority of them are the ones you want to work with but then you do get people who are the outliers and you do get people who aren't quite your avatar or aren't quite what you assume and you have to train them very very differently like i had a client who was in her 60s like a professor at university in london and like i couldn't train her the way i trained like my 28 year old bloke who was like a banker like it just wasn't she didn't want to do the bench press. She didn't want to like do all this sort of stuff. But likewise, so I had to train her in a very different way to how I train the people. And you'd look at some of the exercise and think, oh, that looks looks a bit shit. Like she's just carrying a kettlebell in one. Like what the fuck she doing that for? Looks looks shit. Like because to most people looking at you, you'd go, oh, that doesn't look like much. But it's like that is hashtag functional for her. Like it was. It, again, it's like whereas a twenty year old bloke wouldn't want to do that. And it's kind of like horses for courses a little bit. And I think you have to constantly make sure that you're you're looking at, at what is going on with your programming and with your clients and making sure that you're not just making the client fit the program or the client fit your methodology and you're actually making sure that you're a good enough coach or trainer to be able to adapt and change it. Um, yeah, basically. Basically. So if you were to say that, so from a nutritional point of view for like gen pop clients, what would you say are there any like common mistakes or common oversights that people start to look at when maybe they're looking I don't know, if you've got a cookie-cutter programming or a cookie-cutter thing that you generally go to, is there any oversights that you see commonly? Or oh, that, you've, are you, like that you've taken from other clients as well? So maybe yeah, they've had a perspective from somewhere else. Yeah, there's loads of, I mean, there's loads of things that kind of that go on, obviously, with cookie-cutter shit, like eating at specific times of the day and all this sort of stuff and having a set number of meals and, I don't know, like people... If someone doesn't like fasting, for example, they'll tell their clients that they shouldn't fast or it's not the right thing to do. So well, actually, it might fit their lifestyle really, really well. Like things like that happen regularly. Um, but I think from a from a nutrition point of view, I think it's more a case of like you get people come to you and they're like, depending on on the the sort of the stage they're at, they might just need, for example, to track protein and calories. They might not even track protein. They might just need to track calories in general. Um, and it just depends on what stage of their their journey they're on, really. Um, so like for some people just tracking their calories for example is the starting point they need to worry about they don't need to track their steps or anything else or, or worry about their training split and all that sort of stuff they need to just focus on the basics um, 
And there are some people that even need to go further further back than that and go, they don't even need to track their calories, they just need to sort out their kitchen and like work out what's in their kitchen so that they can't eat loads of shitty food all the time um, because it's there and it's available, you know. Like I think that's really important thing as well is to, is to understand that it's not even really about the food they're eating. It can be about the environment they put themselves in. It can be about the environment at work. It's all well and good telling someone not to eat these foods, but actually it's that's just the what's in their house and you tell someone oh just track your calories and you can fit it in it's like well no there's fucking food still there in the house it's still you know going to be eaten i think it just um it just massively depends and one thing i think i've picked up on from a lot of my clients that come from other coaches is that a lot of other coaches are you know good with like oh these are the calories or macros or whatever which is great but like it's more that sort of stuff that they don't really talk about um you know how to fit into their lifestyle and how to then graduate from tracking into right i can eyeball shit now and i know what i'm doing when i go out and i know roughly what things are i can have on menus and things like that um i suppose tra- transitioning back into normal in air quotes normal life um that's just from a nutritional side of things i suppose but i think i suppose from a training side you'll be better versed than me to be able to give an opinion on like say what you see trainers do with their clients maybe i don't know um <laughs> You, you, still don't you don't pay much attention to you, mate. <laughs> no, 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 just walk around, swanning around, just just make my clients do whatever I like. Um, but the basics work there, right? I think that's the key thing. Like, I, I like th- Again, you see the amount of times I've been in a gym and I've seen a PT training an everyday Joe Olympic lifting. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? There's no need for them to be doing Olympic lifting unless they've come to you specifically to say, I want to work on my snatch. <laughs> Wait. There's no need for it. Just no need. I think I think as a general rule of thumb, I mean, so going back to what we said about uh, like if I, if I don't know the reasoning for an exercise, that's fine. But if I ask, uh, like, so the, the first thing I say to a trainer when I employ them would be, if you've got like if you can back it up, if you've got a rationale, you can do the exercise. Uh, no question about the programming or de- doing it. As long as you can back it up when questioned, awesome, go. You can do it all day long, absolutely fine. If it if it's butchered, and I think it's it's being butchered, then then we've got an issue, okay. But then going on to like stuff that is money for like clients, and so I have a general rule of thumb: it's about eighty percent to ninety percent of no matter who you are, general general like public athlete, what I'm whatever I'm training, kind of eighty to ninety percent are these big movements and like they fit into my eight i've got eight categories for a reason and that's where they fit into because that is generally how i build my program and so my upper body push my unilateral pushes all this kind of stuff you probably i've had, talked about it loads before and 80 percent of it is very very similar and they'll be somewhere i'm not saying they're all the same it's not a cookie cutter program but i will fit them onto the continuum of that where they need to start their starting points and they will progress as i see fit uh, over progressive overloads loads sets movements kind of different like station points points of contact blah 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 all this kind of stuff um but the, I think the one thing I'm thinking here is that it's the 20%, the 10% that's the little corrective. It's either rehab, so it's correctives that are different for nearly every single client. This is where Dan was saying, I can't, you, you're still training. In, in a way, you're still training that 68-year-old professor, the same you're doing as that 28-year-old lad, but you're, they're just other ends of the starting scale. Yeah. 
Okay, they're still doing this. They're, they're both humans, so they're both doing the same thing. Okay, as far as I know, unless you were training aliens whilst I was there, mate. So yeah, but, I mean, yeah. some people are lizards, so absolutely fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> flat Earth. Um, then we could go to that ten percent. That's what you're talking about, right? This guy needs to do a load of bicep work. Probably a sixty-eight-year-old lass is probably doing a little bit more corrective dead bug work. I'm hoping yeah. I'm pitching right. Yeah, no, exactly. And even like, but even down to like someone's squat, right? It's kind of like, well, yeah, like that woman never needed to graduate beyond the goblet squat ever in her life. Like, she still squatted. Need, just didn't need to, but she was squatting. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Still, and guy, that's as good as a back squat. Don't care what anybody says. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I, but I think it's, mm-hmm. I've had it before from people all the time, like when they, when they sign up for coaching and stuff and you kind of go through their training plan with them. And like, oh, it's a bit basic. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. What do, you right, mate. what do you want me to do fucking do, mate? Like, like, and again, it's that whole thing of sometimes, like, and I get it, and I understand, like, every few weeks need a new training program, and, you know, it's kind of like, I'm sitting here sometimes being like, oh, God, like, you know, how can I make this a little bit more interesting for them? And I'm like, no, but you know what? I was like, they're going to squat. They're going to have some variation of a squat. Like, doesn't really, there's no way around it. Like, I don't, I can't magic, you know, new exercise out of thin air, but not only that, there's a reason that they're in there, and it's because they fucking work, and, like, like I said, the amount of times when people go, oh, it looks a bit, a bit simple, a bit basic. It's like, oh, there's only four or five exercises. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and do them but, properly. And tell you what, you walk out the gym. If you do them properly, mate, you'll be fucked. You'll be walking out there and you'll be crawling out. But you know what? You know they, what do, they do them properly over the next five to ten weeks. They're going to feel like so just, good. It just shows you as well, though. It just shows me as well how poorly they train usually. If they're like, oh, there's only five exercises. I'm like, well, how many do you usually do? Oh, you usually do like eight or nine. I'm like, well, you do them all poorly then. I can guarantee <laughs> that because you wouldn't be able to get through eight or nine exercises. Yeah. Um, and I think there's that common misconception, I think, is that if it's not fancy or some kind of special protocol, it's not going to work. And it's like, no, some of the best strength programs I've ever seen, some of the best training programs I've ever done have just been fucking basic and simple and they work. And the reason that you are motivated to carry on with them is because you're seeing results, not because it's fancy or has some special protocol. It's like, no, I'm getting stronger, yeah. I'm getting bigger, I'm eating more food, I'm recovering, I'm good. So Pete, um, Pete behind the curtain for that as well. So I three of my clients, I had eight clients today, three of my clients, their sessions, I don't take their warm-up into consideration because they've got particular activating drills, blah, blah, blah. But their main stuff, they one of them had three exercises, and that's it. So one main, and then he had two, a superset of two, and then the other two or three had four exercises. So a main and a little kind of corrective drill and then a superset two. And that was it. Like, they didn't do anything else. <laughs> but they yeah. kind of focused down on it. It's a little bit of a special case maybe, but we really like nailed it. I did like five sets of stuff. We were at the right intensity. It was almost to, yeah, nine out of 10 by the end. Um, but that's that's what we're talking about. Like one common misconceptions, mis- uh, misconceptions of your what? clients get. I don't know, mate. I, my tongue was just going. <laughs> what, far. what was that, mate? I, my tongue was going like not as fast as I was thinking. Very Aww, strange. Tom's oh, Tom's had anyway. eight clients today. Is that a busy day? I know, I, I actually had to uh, yeah like push one to another day because I was like I've got nine in a row. I can't do this, <laughs> and I had to go see the doctors. But yeah. A long day, mate. Nine in a row is a long. Period. Nine in a row. That was se- that would be seven a.m. until four p.m. nonstop. Mate, come on! You've not done your time table well there, have you? No, no. It was only because yesterday I had to bunk off to go to the hostel, and then uh, today I had to do the same thing. But that was after I'd already put it afterwards, and I was like, "All right, I'll shift you to to that one." And then some ad was like, "Oh, can I do 12? I was like. Maybe. <laughs> I was like, oh, can you do Thursday? Yeah, okay, cool. 
much better. Yeah, better. <laughs> I was just like, I looked at it like Sunday night. I was like, that's not happening. <laughs> Go Thursday, please, Paul. Fine. Um, yeah, one of Dan's old clients, actually. Crazy. Uh, you probably have to fix him. Fix him, yeah. I mean, his back and his knee and his brain was one of the big ones. So, <laughs> we fine. Um, but yeah, okay, so considerations for that so i think 80 percent and 90 percent should fit on that spectrum of where we're doing like lower body bilateral pushes so squat pa- so squat patterns lunge patterns carries um hinge patterns pushes pulls vertical and horizontal if you've got all of them within a program then nail it okay and then you go on to what their their stuff is okay so their special interests um and what you want to fix what you think they need to excel at this is so this was more of a piece of I, I was starting to get annoyed about posts about athletes um doing all these weird crazy things and it's the whole this is a sport specific drill is it all right does that really exist i don't oh, really... <laughs> sport-specific, i hate that as well like oh this is a really sports job like oh has he got football has he yeah. Got <laughs> no, 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 no. He's reacting. He's reacting to the clap. Oh, got, so when they applaud them, you need, they need to do this. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, was it? Was it you that uh, told me about the? No, it, I think it was Ronnie um, that might have told me about the drill. So a simple drill. I'm sure people playing football, whatever. So you react to a stimulus that's happening, and it was like two players. They need to turn. So the, the guy they're facing, the guy that's in a like throw the ball, whatever, and. Yeah. The ball's going to go over their heads. They need to turn, beat the player to the ball. Then one becomes a defender, one becomes attacker. They need to beat and score. And um, so Ronnie was like, um, the, the coach, yeah, was that the stimulus to go was a whistle. Think how adverse that is in sports. Yeah. Unbelievable. To go, whistle. Wait a minute. Like, what happens when the referee blows, blows the whistle? Everything stops. <laughs> We're like, all right, so that. <laughs> Ronnie was like, "What are you doing? <laughs> it should just be a bounce on the floor, or like a go, me, 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 that kind of shout your name or something like that. That'd be yeah. to go, not the whistle. Uh, so crazy, weird psychological stuff that you don't even really think about that the coaches didn't get because they were just like, "What? What do you mean? Whistle means go." It's like not in football. It doesn't only for kickoff. That was it. <laughs> yeah, you haven't got to react that much. No. <laughs> like, oh wait a minute, yeah, they're gone. All right, so very strange. But yes, I. I, I kind of it's weird with the whole specialization drills or specialization stuff because they generally will have to have the stimulus that they'll be in the sports game right so I don't really don't really get that especially there's there's people that like Tony Gentlecore and Eric Cresley also say the same thing with their baseball drills they're like these aren't sport specific drills they're kind of just drills that might be okay for the sport we don't really know uh, it could be great yeah, it's like the whole like like there's a reason again like when you practice penalties it's like it doesn't matter how many times you practice penalties you can't re- replicate the scenario it's the same with the gym stuff it's like just get strong back squatting deadlifting like like you say you know unilateral leg work just get strong change the direction all that sort of stuff because it all incorporated within the game like and then yeah. let the game take care of itself like I just think that people focus so much on it and it's just fucking pointless. Just the, like, the, the, the sport specific nature of it it's just the stimulus thing that I don't get you because it's like this is a drill that's going to replicate over and over and over. You're making a guy like a one-trick pony, and then that's then if somebody knows what your drill you're going to do, you know exactly what you're going to do in that rehearsed pattern. Yeah, it might be good for a little bit, then you start to learn about it. Like, okay, cool, then you probably need to change it up every now, but you've rehearsed that one so much. Um, yeah. So you need to throw in like curveballs and start changing the drill and this kind of stuff. So 
Yeah, I find that though. It's like the whole speed guy, right? The guy that has really quick feet and he's like, yeah, yeah, bam, 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 bam. Just shoves across. I got so excited. My headphones came out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's jumping away. But then it's always like, did he make it in the NFL? No, 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 no chance. All right, wonderful. <laughs> he was not that good. All right, so he's not that quick. But okay, so back to clients. So 80, 90% of <laughs> training should be on that spectrum. Then you've got the 10% that sh- should be specific to the, what they're doing. So maybe it's like medball slams for power development or that kind of stuff. Um, or I think is the rehab drills. And I want to name one, two, three, four, five things. Five drills that you'd like every PT, if you don't have these in your locker that you can just whip out at any stage, if somebody, if the gym space is like taken um, or whatever and you need a B exercise, these are all on the floor um, and you don't need any equipment at all. Um, and also, they're all lower back preventative stuff because the most common complaint any client i swear is like that's ever come to us has been i uh, sometimes get low back pain if they're coming to and they don't want it right so if you're doing two of these drills in per session then why not which they're going to be glute bridges bird dogs done fucking properly uh well all of these need to be done properly right so glute bridges bird dogs dead bugs mcgill curl-ups and side planks those five should be a staple no matter what and then you can add variations of every single one then you suddenly got five, which probably sets into nearly. I, I'm going to say I could probably go thirty different variations of those within, yeah, five minutes. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, be great. I think that's also something that separates, you know, uh, good trainers from those that maybe aren't so good, or those is that those that can think on their feet and do that. You know, mm-hmm. like having to to be to be able to be flexible with that and understand like I said that oh well the program's got down bench press so we've got to wait until bench press but it's like <laughs> no you don't mate you've just got to do a horizontal push of yeah. some description like you could and again even someone who can bench press 80, 90, 100 kilos you can make press ups hard for them you can make them hard for them like and if you're a good trainer you can like you know it's that kind of thing and so talk me through that then how could you what could you do well like I, I had this the other day with uh, funny enough because I'm going on Saturday I had this with um with my with my client who I I just still do some PT but uh, you know only only, only high profile people <laughs> um, yeah it's just the way I roll now isn't it um, yeah, so one to one PT so yeah like and, and we went and this was last time I was in Paris we had to go to a, a commercial gym and I had to pretend I was his friend rather than his trainee you know that kind of all that kind of jazz um, stuff that when we were a PT I mean have you ever seen Dan pretend off. to be a friend he's uh, yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly that was hard enough anyway that was hard enough um, yeah it's one of those things where like you know you go in it's not exactly the best gym in the world it's like you know they've got one um one bench and it's taken or whatever so we you know we ended up doing floor presses with dumbbells but you know again like with press-ups it's one of those where you can make it difficult by you know you can change someone's hand position to make it more or less chest or tricep dominant things like that is one thing you can make them more controlled on the way down you can make them take longer eccentrics pause at the bottom um all that sort of stuff you can obviously make them do obviously loads more reps than you would do on a bench press um change that slightly you can add external load in the right area um it's like you can do things like that and you can like shorten rest times and, and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's more about if the client genuinely believes in what you're doing and understands it, they won't even question it. I'll just go, okay, cool, let's yeah. do it. Whereas I know some of be like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, it's not really going to work. And like, well, you know, it's one of those things where they're not there to question you really. Like, you're their trainer, you know best, that like, you should know what to do. And 
I grant there'll be some there'll be some instances where they're probably a bit like you know they want to do bench press because they want to you know hit a PB or whatever. I don't know, but most people I know it's kind of a case of actually they just want to get a good session in and get it done. Um, and you know, there's always ways you can make it more difficult. You, you know, you can for the press, for example, you can raise someone's feet. Um, you can do all those different things, and you can make it harder. And I think that you've just got to start looking at your programming a bit more, um, a bit more like you would say, Tom, like. I'm doing a horizontal push, not bench press. It's just the bench press is the tool I'm using to get this movement in. It's about understanding that kind of programming. And I think that a lot of my clients, probably when they look at their programs, if any of them listen to this, they'll know now when they look at their program, they're able to kind of see now roughly like, oh, okay, I see what you've done there. Like they'll go, there's two vertical pulls. There's two, um, there's two horizontal pulls. They'll be like, oh, I see what you've done. There's one on each day. It's like, oh, funny that, you know, it's like, it's not just thrown together slap dash. I think that's the assumption as well is that people think that you've just gone, oh, yeah, just, just throw that together and it works. And it's like, no, there's a reason that it's set up in certain ways. Um, and I think that that's a really important way to look different at your programming. It's um, also, it, it kind of gives merit to, it's a weird one because it's, it's also, it's a sign of like, I would say a bit of a crap coach, but also maybe a sign of a good coach because it depends on how you think of it. Because basically what we've described there is I could do the same muscle groups working the same intensities but with lots of different exercises every single week but if somebody came to me my client was like yeah great we do different exercises every single time i see him i'd be like well he's not programming correctly um yeah <laughs> you're like, wait a yeah. minute we are talking like, about the variation <laughs> the odd day when you can't get on the not, not choosing different thing every single day yeah, yeah. um yeah that, there's also that understanding as well that obviously we want to see that progressive overload of weight and or reps or whatever or volume or whatever going up but um there's the asterisk thrown in there yeah you probably... but yeah fundamentally <laughs> though it is like fundamentally though you see it a lot in some like jordan peters does it a lot i think he has like i think i've seen him once or a couple of times before have like um three different rotations so he has like three different shoulder days so three different rotations where he goes a b and c and he might not hit a rotation until three weeks time but again it's like he's doing barbell shoulder press and then the next week he's doing dumbbell shoulder press and the next week he's doing machine shoulder press it's like yeah it's still pretty much the same thing and even, <laughs> arguably even with the bench and even if you did bench press and then you did floor press and you did press ups and you did this it's like yeah you're not maybe programming correctly but if you were getting stronger in each of those lifts week on week every time you're doing it Damn. and you kind of had the data to back it up and go well, actually look every three or four weeks time i go back to do bench press again and we always increase the load or we always do more reps or whatever you can you know there's an argument to be said actually uh, yeah it's it's kind of valid but it's yeah i know what you mean it's not slap dash put together last minute.com but yeah you know, i think <laughs> i just think as long like we said before at the start as long as you've got a rationale for something like you said like that would be an opinion of someone looking at that program going oh they don't know what they're doing it's like well actually they didn't know what they're doing yeah. um you know based on their gym or whatever it could just be it works out best that way but it's um that's kind of what i think you know the whole the whole point of the 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 topic is really is to just be reflective on what you're doing and just make sure that like i said we're not saying it's right or wrong to do either option of those it's more a case of make sure you can back it up and you've got a rationale behind it so that if your client was to ever ask you you don't just sit there and go um because uh, i told you to that's brilliant that's not really what we're looking for here. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah it's just a rationale behind i think you can argue any point at any case and then but if you're getting audited 
like we do at first base, <laughs> then we're, we're going to find out generally. We're going to be like, all right, well, what, this looks a bit odd. Why is this happening here? Or if I'm browsing around watching somebody's training, I'll be like, that didn't look quite right. Why was that next? I, w- I wouldn't have done it that way, but let's mm. see what you, why you've done it. Like, I'm, yeah. willing, I'm willing to learn. That's one of the great things about working around so many people. And we've, we've said that before. They're just kind of bouncing off each other, taking stuff. Um, and I can see it blow smoke up my own eyes. I can see it in some of the guys that train around me. They, but and I'll be like, I've never seen you do that exercise at all. But suddenly, it's in a lot of your guys' programs. Mm. So my favorite, like a couple of the rotational drills that I do, I do quite a few like pulling rotational drills that come in. They seem to crop up in other people's programming suddenly. And I was like, all right, that's, I'm sure your guy doesn't have. Maybe he does. I don't know because I don't know the the scenario. But it was because it was a lumbar like drill. I wanted them to stay static in their hips and their pelvis, and then start to rotate through their thorax. And I was like separating, but obviously that's misconstrued. That kind of thing. So mm. it's obviously learn about the exercise before you do it as well. Otherwise, you don't. Yeah, what's happening there? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, doing that. That was my twenty ten percent drill. It's like that's not everybody's getting one of them because um, it's useless some some places but then quite nice for others so yeah if you've got like herniation in like l5 then quite good if you haven't then a bit boring and a bit useless so absolutely fine mate but i think for any kind of newbie pt or like pts that like two years in think a great thing to do with your programming if you really struggle or with that being able to ad hoc training i mean go look at Dr. John Ruschen, he has on his like shirts, he's got like squat, hinge, push, pull, carry, core, and then write five to eight exercises that will be variations of those. And suddenly you've got a little database that you can, you, and you'll remember that because you'll be like, all right, squat, mm. bam, on. If you've written it down and take that on, because it's just it just does really show when somebody doesn't need to doesn't can't go off piste a little bit, and it's stuff that in future possibly in interviews we ask people to do. And we're like, all right, stop doing that bench press, go do something that works exact same muscle group but in a different way. And they're like, wait, what? Okay, um, battle ropes, right? <laughs> yep. All right. Cool. A one, mate. A one, a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, and a six. Fuck <laughs> And then straight into box jumps. All right. That is not what I want to see. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that was an interesting program. Um, but yeah, I think I think that kind of covers a lot Did of. We cover it. I think we covered it. I mean, I think I still think the eighty-nine percent rule is golden. I think who, the chap you—I uh, can't remember his name now—just trains a lot of like athletes and celebrities. Oh, ben Bruno, ben Bruno T, like he's as dry as fuck on uh, Instagram. Sahara, he's so funny though. Um, if you enjoy that kind of humour, yeah. If, but if, he, you, if you think if you think that me and Tom are even mildly amusing <coughs> to listen to. You will fucking love Ben Bruno. Go follow him. I think he's at Ben Bruno Training. He's yeah. um, he's an American uh, PT. And I first started following him before he was big, before he was anyone, really. He used to write a few articles on T Nation. Yeah. And he used to talk about... I think he did work with Mike Boyle. Did he start with Mike Possibly. Boyle? Or he started with somebody as like an intern or something like that. And he was writing for, for, um, for T Nation. 
and over the years he has basically gone on and he now trains like athletes nba players nhl players in his garage in his own home yeah they all come to him uh, <laughs> he trains celebrities he trains kate upton he trains so many people and he just literally is like basically i don't fuck around with anything they squat they hip hinge they you know they hip thrust they do some upper body work like there's no magic here they just fucking work hard and they're strong and it's really really refreshing to see it um because he doesn't try anything fancy he comes up with new exercises all the time yeah but then he but also asks like what people all, what he thinks like he would be like or oh, what do you think what people think yeah there like, are also variations on staples right so he might yeah. do like he might do he did one the other day it was like the single leg eccentric hip thrust with then a double leg concentric and yeah. it was basic did it because people can't f- find what single leg hip thrust hard and it's a good way to build up to them um all that sort of stuff but he just there's the one brilliant. the one yeah. i haven't tried with anybody but i think I, I i literally saved it a few days ago was the hollow hold like a banana hold with a press yeah yeah he he loves that one so he's just like yep yeah, bam 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 that's quite cool yeah, uh, I like all this stuff. Yeah, go go to watch him. Yeah, if anybody's aspiring PT, go. Just don't get confused about all the kind of weird jargon. Start to learn about that later after you've nailed those, nail the basics, then move on. And at the end of the day, you then always come back to them as well. So that's is- it. You're always going to be doing fucking those basic movement patterns. So get good at coaching them, and then you'll be flying, absolutely flying. Then you can start learning about like skips and all this kind of stuff as well. That's a big thing that people don't get skipping. Like not not as in like uh, jump rope skipping, being able to skip like on the spot for rhythmic skipping stuff like that. It's a bit weird. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> I see Dan skipping with Isabel all the time. Yeah, that's not for your choice, mate. <laughs> all right, so just on the basis of that, mate. So we can critique a program that uh, one Is this of my stupid things. Kind in of, but. I don't want it to come across as crass, <laughs> but it's ridiculous that even one of, one of my clients who has only just passed being a level, well, he, I think he's just done his level three, but I'm pretty sure he'll pass. Um, I was his body, his client for his level two. I wasn't for his level three, unfortunately. Um, so I got to see some of the stuff that was going on. Um, <laughs> so he was the body for another chap who was, uh, um, he went and did his assessment in some chinos. Where gym gear? please <laughs> if you're doing your level three exam um if you think you're, you're a great cook <laughs> <laughs> um so he did cover the client so he did his legs program which is fine push pull legs if he's doing that hey. three times a week or as long as he's got his carry corner carry core conditioning on there as it's well. absolutely fine yeah see um so <laughs> it's program so explain to me dan what is fundamentally or Lots of avenues. What is wrong with this program? And I'll use the wording that my client has used, okay? His legs program, air quoted, um, consisted of box jumps, standing hamstring curls on a cable with the ankle attachment, an exercise where I stand on a box one leg at a time, and air squats. Dot, dot, dot. It was wonderful. Okay, so so we've got box jumps, number one. I mean... They, you know, you could have arguments some sort for of, arguments yeah. for box jumps. You, you as could have one. an argument. You could have an argument that it could increase, you know, explosive, like uh, you know, neural firing and shit. So Dan's like that. trying. Dan's trying to say pre-activation potentiation, but there we go. Yeah, okay. 
like pap, but <laughs> still, I still am not overly convinced about that anyway as a general, for most general public, it's just fucking pointless. Um, I wouldn't do it. Again, like even onto a box, I like, don't even do it on box, just do jumps, mate. Just do jumps, do yeah, I would, do jumps. I would just do jumps. Um, <laughs> I do drop jumps with people. Yeah, drop jumps, yeah, you yeah. know, whatever. Um, and then the standing hamstring curl on a cable machine is nearly physically impossible. I, <laughs> I was like, um, I, I wrote back and was like, Please explain to me the standing hamstring girl. Because I was like, I don't really know. I was trying to, uh, in my mind, trying to work out the lever system to what it was doing. And I was like, I don't think you can actually do that. Like, wherever the end quarter touch. I was like, because, I was like, where does, because to use the hamstring, one joint has to move, one joint has to stay the same. I was like, that, that can't happen. I was like, <laughs> surely? It's not going to curl. It's just. What did he? What did he actually end up doing, Tom? What was he? What did he mean? Uh, you meant like donkey kick hip extensions that yeah. uh, Instagram so, chicks do. Good kickbacks, brilliant. Yeah, absolute waste of fucking time. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's that absolute waste of time. And then the other two, there's. I mean, air squats, fucking pointless. If you're doing hip drops, if you're doing like drops to the floor on one leg, that's fucking pretty hard work. You don't even need the air squats in there. Uh, it depends on how high the box was. But again, there's no real like in all of that. There's no real like. I suppose external loading. There's no measure of like how you can then improve any of that. Like air squats, well, brilliant. What do you do? Like 20, 30, 40 till you cook out of breath. Like, where's the marker for progress from that? Oh, I don't know. Like, you could put make it a goblet squat straight away, and it's easy. It's, straight away, it's better. Um, like just put it seems... at the top. There you go. Straight away, it's better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's very hard to see progress. Um which is something that I always look for. I'm like, all right, where's your quantifiable yeah. progress? Yeah. But even even if you've like, yeah, yeah, he's gonna not have a point of contact through that like stand that standing like drop jump or something like that. That'd be cool. All right, that's fine. I was like, I want just want the quantifiable progress. The hamstring cable, I wouldn't, <laughs> or whatever the donkey kick. I mean, please have you failed for that straight away. I don't. I, I have no idea. I don't know what for that. <laughs> if somebody said, yeah, I've really progressed. I've gone from like one plate on the cable to three plates on the cable for my glute kickbacks I'll be like I, I don't know whether that's I, I don't know probably you've learned how to do them better I, it's not like I don't I would get really confused with those kind of exercises I'm like is that quantifiable load it just means like, nothing it's it's fine I guess it's okay but it's not really than a it's very limited exercises that like kind of helps you in any it, it's just, it's really hard because it doesn't really take your hip into much. Uh, it's just a weird exercise. Don't really get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the, I, I, yeah, on the, the single leg, is it, if it's a single leg squat to box or like a single leg, like lateral squat thing, then I kind of, I get those and I quite like them. But, but again, really... I get them. I get them, and I quite like them. But they're very hard exercise. Very like, hard, and that would be at the like, top. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, I mean, just do like a bodyweight Bulgarian split squat to start with. Like that's tough, but not as tough as that. Like they are really, especially to hold the right position and to get yeah, the yeah, right yeah, no, no. control. That's, like, I would say that is like hard up there and hard, like asymmetrical shift stuff. That I'd be like, all right, I've probably seen this. If if somebody's doing those, I'd be like, all right, we're probably a hundred kilo plus squat. I've started to see an asymmetric shift. We're going to start to look at this stuff and like this is this is down the road there. If somebody's not squatting well over their body weight on their back, then I probably don't. 
that's probably not the go-to for sorting out. You probably just need to do little hip drops, um, that kind of stuff. So this is that, I think this is the stuff we're talking about. That this is being written in exams, and we're like, all right, well, obviously they're very, very raw. I get this is probably, but not the exam is not the time to make mistakes. It was probably needed to reflect before the exam. Um, reach out to somebody like myself or Dan, maybe, and we'll tell you. I'd probably say it wouldn't because you know what you know what it's like with these fucking exams like I'd say one thing and they'd be like no that's wrong I'm like well <laughs> that's you just have to pass I'm the pre- exam so I'm pretty sure that wouldn't have passed so um, <laughs> I hope so that person could be out training people now <laughs> I'm getting great legs that's be fine um, cool did you have any stupid things on the internet Mate, that's, I think we've nailed I it with that. Stupid things for life, mate. <laughs> All right. I think that was. Uh, I think we covered. So, any philosophical takeaways from uh, that show is basically just reflect on what you're doing in the gym. Ask kind of questions why people are doing it. It's even for the nutrition stuff at the start. Like, I think Dan, you gave some like great like first tips for people starting out, even with a coach and asking the coach to do this. If you don't, if you're not a like, coach yourself, that's fine. Also, if you're hiring a trainer or you're with trainers at the same time, if you say, have you considered this? Also, if you know trainers and you're friends with them, question them. Mm. Why not? Like, if they've got an answer, then it's great. Hopefully. Don't ask me anything, though. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> just slide into Dan's DMs. It'll be fine. I've got no mates, so it's fine. <laughs> It'll be hashtag celebrity training next week. So you yeah. slide in about there. Can everybody just save their questions till next Tuesday and just blast them? Okay, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> All right, um, if you've got no news apart from we suspense, we don't know if Dan will be on the next show. Um, yeah, but yeah, or the one after, or the one after. I mean, I'm gonna do a solo, just do a solo show, it'll be fine. Be loads, but I've, mate, I'll probably download it probably double then. I <laughs> you did it on your own, no doubt, mate. Yeah, I'll just I'll boost it instead, it'll be fine. Yeah, mate. All right. No news from me, apart from I've, I finally got around to doing my hip stuff and my MRI came back and basically nothing's wrong with it. And You're I'm basically just, being I'm just, a big pussy. I'm, yeah, essentially that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is what I said, by the way. I called it. It just, it, it just the MRI came back and was like, you've just got, there's nothing wrong with my capsule, nothing with this, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. There was only uh, bilateral tendinopathy of the glute med. Glute med is on the lateral aspect of your bum, so the outside. And basically, Tom's got a tiny bit of information and was moaning like a <laughs> and uh, and I was like, well, I've rehabbed all that, and I treat people for tendinopathy. That's if, if this is not the sensation I'm feeling. Those and then people. those poor people, because I know, yeah, like, no, everybody else. What? What doing? And then uh, <laughs> I went to see a consultant uh, surgeon, and then he was like, he looked at my MRI. So this is this is the contradictive field of the medical like profession. Oh, he looked at my MRI, looked at the results of the radiologist. Was like, he was like, oh, that's wrong. And I was like, brilliant. <laughs> I was like, this is a guy that's pretty good, a pretty good surgeon as far as we, I think Dan knows him as well. Um, and then he was just like, yeah, well, that's that's not right because I can see it here. There's nothing wrong with those tendons on the, your medial. Like there might be a little bit of information there, but they've they've also missed out your adductor information on your tendon. And I was like, all right, well, that's where my symptom is. So he was like, yeah, yeah, it's probably where it is then. Okay, cool. So um, I'm still convinced there's going to be some sort of lumbar issue but we'll we'll see that in due course um so i'm having a steroid injection so i am officially on roids as of thursday um and Wee. i expect to get absolutely jacked in my adductor mate, you got you got to train first mate i <laughs> know that's that's a real i mean i've had eight nine clients today so yeah that's a real issue um but 
yeah, I'll be on my court zone. Um, so it's I'll be in excruciating pain, I'm sure. On, Mate, you, uh, do you know what? You're as bad as Lance Armstrong, you. <laughs> on Thursday. All about fine. that court zone. I know. There goes my hopes of winning the Tour de France. Gone, mate. <laughs> Absolutely gone. All right. Um, so I'll report back to that. Follow my Instagram stories. I'm sure I'll just, yeah, just. I don't know. Oh, please Instagram story them injecting your hip. <laughs> I'd be like, I can you just be wait there? there. Can I just story this? <laughs> just to my friend. They'll be like, what? Why are you doing this? Like, for the gram? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. Fine. All right. Um, on that, look out for that. And uh, you will see us. Well, you might see me, but we might not see Dan next week. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs)